Josh Giddy makes history as the Oklahoma City Thunder Ricky Guard is the youngest player in NBA history to ever record a triple-double. The Thunder do fall to the Dallas Mavericks, but there's a ton to take away from this game and a ton of hope and optimism sprung from this game. It's all coming up on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show. LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Thunder taking on the Dallas Mavericks as SGA enters health and safety protocols. Luka Doncic returns. And of course, the Thunder see history as Josh Giddy breaks the triple double record, the youngest player to ever record a triple double in NBA history. A monumental night for Josh Giddy in this game. And we typically start with the game overview and how the Thunder won and lost this game. But let's start there. Let's start with Josh Giddy. Well, I thank you for making today's show your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. The biggest story is Josh Giddy. His triple-double was incredible. 17 points, 14 assists, 13 rebounds. And he also got four steals on the defensive end. Four steals on that defensive end. Three turnovers, 43% from the floor, 60% from deep. Josh Giddy is incredible. He's a playmaker. He's a leader. He's confident in this game where the Thunder missed so many key pieces, including their best player overall in SGA. They were able to stay in there with Dallas and have Josh Giddy step up in a huge way. I think that, you know, as you all know, he passes the mellow ball by 54 days to become the youngest player in NBA history to get the triple double. But these are not just standard assists. And tonight, what stood out the most was his ability to control a game and to control an offense. And we've seen that throughout the season, even while he shares the floor with SGA, who of course is a point guard in his own right. But we've seen Josh Giddy's ability to lead a team while sharing the floor with an alpha male like SGA because Josh Giddy is an alpha male as well. And so these two guys in this pairing is going to be so great for the future of the Thunder. But tonight, you really got to see what it was like for Josh Giddy to be at the helm of a team by himself. And there was an excellent performance, especially when we consider the players around him simply are not that good, at least not right now. They're very young and experienced, and this team is not where they want to be roster-wise. And so when this team does get there, when this team does uh, become that championship contender that they want to be, that playoff contender, that they want to be, right? You can expect another step forward in Josh Giddy's development at 19 years old. He's 19 years old, and he's already performing at this level. I, I think that the biggest thing that translates for his game, besides just his passing and his elite rebounding for his size, elite passing, elite rebounding, everything about those two categories to me screams elite, it's his confidence. 
He can go 0 for 8 his last time out, go into COVID protocols, be sidelined for a few games, and then come back out, be a little gassed this game, as he explained. He was pretty tired of this game and still put up a triple-double. And pick up where he left off and do even better, right? Again, 0 for 8 last time out, did not let that concern him, did not let that kind of weigh on him or get him out of his rhythm offensively. He continued to shoot shots, continued to, to try to break through offensively, and he finally did in this game, nearly getting 20 points. He would have been the, th- the second Thunder rookie to get 20 points. Of course, uh, Aaron Wiggins did that twice in the last uh, five games. And so with Josh Giddey, though, going back to what I was saying before, uh, the, the beautiful thing about Josh Giddey is that these are not standard assists. These are not just him kind of hitting the open man and, and kind of playing his role. He is the offense, and, and this is something that can translate beyond just this year, beyond just with this team, and can translate for his entire career. Because Josh Giddy can do both. He really can. Uh, it, you think about the cross-court whip pass to Aaron Wiggins in the corner for three to start his assisting on the day. The no-look pass to the corner for Ty Jerome, who knocked down the three. He can drive and kick. Uh, he, he can find cutters with ease. And, and this is a testament to how good he is as a playmaker because he's not played all that long with these guys. And this rotation has not been set in stone all season long. He's not played with the same players every single game. And yet he understands when each of them are going to cut, why each of them are going to cut, and, and kind of what to look for. And so that's a big part of playmaking is understanding the teammates around you. And for him to already have that grasp on guys he's just meeting in the last few months here, uh, it shows his work ethic and just shows his natural instincts and ability on the basketball floor. Uh, he, he has been head and shoulders above, I think, anyone's expectation for him in his rookie year. And the big part is even at 19 years old, even as his first few uh, games in the NBA, his first taste of the NBA action, double teams do not matter to him. They don't fluster him. He's not get caught in the air. He does not, he does not let the defense dictate him in the sense of rushing himself, right? You see so many young guards, even old guards, whenever they sense a double team coming or they sense a defense kind of forcing on them, they're going to jump up and in the air, they're like, okay, well now I'm in the air. I can't go back down. Do I launch a shot? I try to pass this and then it's a turnover or, and then it's an air ball or, and then it's just a bad missed shot, right? He never really has that happen to him, even as a 19 year old. And whenever you do send a double team at him, he can really understand where to go with the basketball. As you saw on that dump off bounce pass uh, to Isaiah Roby, who was in the dunker spot as the defense double teamed on Josh Giddy last night. Uh, he's excellent in the pick and roll and the pick and pop action, even as a 19 year old. And even with kind of these new uh, players around him, we all know he's incredible as an inbounder. And so that's another attribute where he's good at passing. And he understands when and why to change the touch on his passes that I think will go a long way for his development. The biggest thing about Josh Giddy to me is that he's extraordinary. He can, he can create space for others. He can create open looks for others. He can do all these fancy passes and can uh, create an offense for the players around him pass them into open shots, pass them into points. But he can also just do the fundamentals, a nice chest pass, a nice bounce pass, and just be simple. He can be extraordinary, and he can be simple within the same possession, within back-to-back plays, whatever it is. He, he can alter that and turn that off, right? So many times when a player is extraordinary, when a player has these elite traits and these elite talents, they just want to show you how elite they are. They just want to show you, hey, I can make these behind-the-back passes. I can make these over-the-head passes. I can make these spinning-in-the-air passes. And they want to show you that all the time. They want to keep showing you and showing you and showing you like a, like a kid that's got a new toy, right? But Josh Giddy, he's not trying to show you anything. 
He's just trying to play basketball and he can kind of switch back and forth between being that fancy passer and being uh, a 1980 bounce pass, chest pass extraordinaire, right? That you see in every elementary school coach around the country right now, right? So I think that this game was just fantastic for Josh Giddy and for the Thunder as a whole. I mean, they hung in there with the, with the Mavericks even as they faced more adversity. Uh, and we'll see how they do the rest of this week. But huge hat tip to Josh Giddy. Huge congratulations for breaking this record and to get, being the youngest player to get a triple-double. Uh, he was close a few times, and so uh, uh, Daniel Bell asked him after the game, if he was glad to kind of get this out of the way, so he could just get st- you know stop asking about are you going to break the record? You know you're so close to breaking the record, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and so he said, yeah, he's happy, and he and he left the podium very happy. And more on that, you could tell this team was really happy for him and excited for him. And you can tell that this team has a unique um, bond. I think uh, whenever Aaron Wiggins. After the after the game, talks on Instagram about how he almost took away the big night by getting that rebound. Or Aaron Wiggins leaves the podium last night and he just starts saying Skittles, Skittles, Skittles. As a reference to Mark uh, talking about Skittles versus broccoli and uh, trying to reward, uh, you know, trying to trying to get players to play on both ends of the floor, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they, they kind of take every message from Mark to heart and to uh, from this coaching staff to heart. And I think that this team has a unique and a unique bond and it's fun on and off the floor. So a big night for Josh Giddy, big night for the Thunder, an incredible day here in Oklahoma City. And now we're going to continue talking about this game as a more kind of holistic point of view coming up. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is fantastic, folks. Built Bar is incredible. It is a new year and that means New Year's resolutions if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy for you to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars that can be chalky or waxy or taste like chemicals spilled all over them. You want to eat healthier. Uh, and sometimes it gets boring when you eat healthier. Well, by week three, that means you get to hear it quick because it's so boring. You might want to invest in built bar because whenever you get bored of eating healthy you typically crave that chocolatey taste those sweet sweet uh you know treats built bar is covered in 100 real chocolate 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein uh, compare that to a candy bar which typically has 240 calories to 30 grams of sugar and a dozen of net carbs here's an idea for the new year go right now to your secret stash of treats and throw them all away at home in the pantry in your office, in your car, wherever they're at, throw them all away because they're uh, calorie-filled treats that provide you uh, really no substance and replace them with Built Bars because Built Bars are a way to get that craving out of the way with, with your sweet tooth and also reach your healthy goals and they taste incredible. Uh, even if you're not a huge fan of working out, of course, diet's half the battle, so make sure you get something that tastes good and is good for you in the form of Built Bar. Uh, and they have so many flavors to choose from, coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, uh, and many more. My favorite flavor is cookies and cream. So go try them out today at built.com. Whenever you go there to built.com and see what's new, because sometimes they have limited flavors. Built.com, promo code lock 15, 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code lock 15, 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code lock 15, 15% off of your next order. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast and Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you. For making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. 
We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, you can also find this show there, the Locked On Now podcast. It's a nightly recap of every NBA game with breakdowns from our local expert. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even watch it again on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. So you can go to Locked On NBA and see Locked On NBA podcast and also Locked On Now podcast nightly, every single night, breaking down every single game from the association the night before. And so we're back now diving into this game. And so now let's regroup. We've gotten our Josh Giddy uh, segment and love out of the way, which, you know, we'll talk about him about this entire season and for hopefully the next decade. But let's go back to our original plan of the game overview. SGA entered health and safety protocols. He was out. Darius Baisley, same thing out. Trey Mann, same thing out. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, same thing out. Uh, Vit, of course, is still out on G League assignment, but again, has that right ankle sprain. And the G League is preparing to ramp up about Wednesday this week. So we'll see where he's at then. Lou Dort was out due to knee soreness. Of course, Josh Giddy returned and Luka Doncic returned from the health and safety protocols. However, the Mavericks still missed Trey Burke, Willie Colley-Stein, Brennan Knight, uh, Boban, Frank Nilekina, and Kristaps Porzingis. Of course, Mark Thignot was out and Dave Bliss was out as well, making the acting head coach still Mike Wilkes. The Thunder starters were Josh Giddy, Ty Jerome, Aaron Wiggins, Pokoshevsky, and Roby. The Mavericks started out with Jalen Brunson, Luka Doncic, Dorian Finley-Smith, Maxi Kleba, and Dwight Powell. Gabrielle Deck did not play in this game. Neither did Jalen Horde, Scotty Hobson, Olivia Saar, or Paul Watson Jr., which prompted the Gabrielle Deck official uh, communications page, which I did not know uh, players typically had official community, uh, you know, communication pages, uh, to tweet hashtag free deck after this game, as they did in the last game, uh, and as they will continue to do. So we'll see where that lands. The contracts get guaranteed on January t- uh, 10th, you have to waive a player by January 7th to get them off the books in time to not guarantee their contract fully the remainder of the season. So this week might be a good indication of what's going to happen with deck. It might not, who knows, but that's kind of the info on that front. But how did the Thunder lose this game? Well, uh, this was a interesting game. You know, the, the start of it was kind of uh, lackluster. They did not really have the energy that you would typically see from the Thunder. They look like a team who has finally kind of uh, letting the absences catch up to them, you know, the, the adversity catch up to them. They did not really have it out of the gate, in my opinion. They once led by six points, though. Dallas then took a 15-point lead. Four times this lead changed hands, three times tied. The Thunder shot 41% from the floor, 33% from three, and 66% from the line. That effort really changed, in my opinion, in the second uh, half, especially that third quarter. It was a good effort quarter for the Thunder. Dallas shot 44% from the floor, 35% from three, and 71% at the line. Dallas had five more turnovers. Dallas had seven more rebounds. Oklahoma City had six more points in the paint. They had three more uh, second chance points, and the Thunder also won the fast break battle by 10 points. Uh, the Thunder had four in double figures with two with nine points. The Mavericks, though, had five with double figures and two with nine points for them as well. Uh, it was a interesting game to watch for. Luka Doncic in his first game back did not quite have it, of course, uh, kind of still getting his feet under him. And... Uh, you know, it's a delicate balance, right? Because you want to give Aaron Wiggins a ton of praise and you know that I am no, uh, I am no stranger to Aaron Wiggins praise. And he did a great job of making life difficult on Luca. He made life really, really hard on him. He kind of flustered Luca at times. Luca had seven turnovers. Luca shot 42% from the floor, 35, uh, 33% from deep to uh, 10 assists, nine rebounds, 14 points. Uh, But again, Lucas still was Luca and Lucas still got where he wanted to go at times, but he did have the seven turnovers and he did uh, miss some shots and 
had heavily contested shots by the courtesy of Wiggins' defense. And so it's a delicate balance of how much do you give Wiggins the credit for that? How much do you give uh, Luca's long layoff and return from health and safety protocols credit for that? I think that it's, I think that it's not 100% either way. I think that Wiggins deserves a ton of credit. I think that you can also admit, Hey, you know, if Luca was in shape in the sense of if he was kind of not rusty, would have had a better night for Luca tonight offensively. So it, it kind of goes to both parties and goes both ways, but Wiggins did a really good job defensively. This team played some really good defense in, in general in this game. So Wiggins deserves credit again. And he scores in double figures again with 10 points, 10 points, six rebounds, a steal 40% from the floor, two for three from three Wiggins continues to impress. And this was a game that I'm talking about. I mean, the ability to, the ability to duplicate his success offensively and also turn into a really, really good defender where with Lou, with Lou Dort out, you put him on Luca and you didn't get terribly burned. He did a, a good job on Luca. He did not just go up free baskets and open looks that Luca missed. He contested every Luca shot. And he did a great job on Luca, the best you can attempt to do. So I think that with Wiggins, he, the fact that he's already that good of a defender as a rookie shows you how how much he can improve and how far he can go. Especially whenever you pair him with a guy like like Lou Dort, who can take away that number one assignment, and that of course moves Wiggins down to number two assignment or even number three assignment at times, depending on the lineup. I think that with Andrew Wiggins, you should all all still be very, very excited for what he can bring. But Pokashevsky got the start tonight, his first start of the season. Nine points, five rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, a blown reverse dunk on a fast break, one for five from deep. Uh, of course, luckily, he made up for that blown dunk by getting a steal and a slam on the very next possession. That that sequence really discombobulated Chris Fisher as a play-by-play play guy myself. I, I really I just laughed at my at, at, at you know what Fisher was going through because you kind of get so discombobulated whenever things start going that way, and you got a, a rebound and outlet pass over here for a fast break, and then they somehow blow it, and then now they got a steal, and he eventually just gave up. And he's like, okay, let's just see what Poku does. Whenever Poku got that steal. He's out in transition. Poco got to about the three-point line, and Chris Fisher just stops commentating the action and just goes, let's see what he's going to do. And that was kind of probably the best bet you could have done there because you never know what Poku's going to do. Uh, I, I love that that sequence from Chris Fisher uh, and Pokashevsky. is just Pokashevsky. And the bench treated him like a walk-on. I hope that they never stop doing this. The bench treats Pokashevsky like he is some walk-on on the University of Kansas. Like it's in whenever Kansas is up 56 on Washburn in November, on November the 10th, and just are praying for him to shoot from the logo at half court. That's how the bench treats Poku. And it, it's just it's just hilarious. And Poku is just a just an unseenly confident player. I I desperately want Poku to teach a master class. You've seen these, right? Where Steph Curry teaches a master class on how to shoot basketball. I want Poku to teach a master class on how to be confident because I don't think anyone in the world is as confident in themselves as Alexei Pokashevsky. Love it. I love it. Whenever he blew that reverse dunk, he of course got the steal on the, on the other end and he is smiling ear to ear as soon as his fingertips touch the basketball because he knows he's going to go get revenge. He knows he's going to go uh, kind of make up for that blown reverse dunk. I love watching Poku play. Very, very fun. It's just a, a good time. It's a good, good time. Coming up, though, we'll talk more about this game and how the Thunder lost to the Mavericks after this. 
We are back on Locked On Thunder Podcast. On Locked On Podcast Network, it's your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod and email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to talk more about this game against the Mavericks, but I do want to thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. And for your second listen, go check out Lockdown NBA and hear what's happening around the association. Also, check out Lockdown Bets. Lockdown Bets is free and available on all platforms as well, five days a week. And so they're giving you their tips on how to bet on sports and how to win you some money. So make sure you go check out Lockdown Bets as well as every podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We have all your teams covered. Just search Locked On plus your team name. As we get to the NFL postseason, who's your NFL team? Locked On Cowboys has you covered. Locked On whoever you're a fan of has you covered uh, for this playoff chase. Hopefully, your team will make the playoffs and you can uh, enjoy their podcast all throughout. But again, uh, you'll still have your team podcast even if your team misses out on the postseason. So let's dive into this game even further we've talked giddy we've talked wiggins we've talked poku we've talked just general game vibes from this game but isaiah roby just continues to play very well offensively 12 points four rebounds and assist uh, perfect from the floor one for one from three had that epic slam dunk uh, that he seemingly has every single night it's like if you put roby in for one minute he'll find a way to get a poster if you just sub him in eventually throughout the course of the game he is going to dunk on somebody and it's very, very fun to watch. Uh, he's just a very, very good offensive player. And uh, I am interested to see how his career takes off because, I, again, I don't know if his career will be in Oklahoma City long-term, uh, especially as the Thunder make that uh, transition to JRE. But I do know that Roby will have a long NBA career and, and will be very helpful to an NBA team. So that's what I do know. And if he can come around on that defensive end, even at an average clip, uh, even at an above-average clip, whatever it is, with his offense and his ability to play that dunker spot role and ability to even space the floor a bit. And whenever he does shoot threes, if he just shoots him at a 33%, 35% clip, his athletic ability to, to just drive past players goes a long way as well from the perimeter and get a, a four or a five out in space and get them off the dribble. I am really encouraged by what I've seen from Roby offensively. If you can get, if you can get him on a team that will work with him defensively or even if the thunder, of course, work with him defensively, uh, there's a very high chance he's a high-priority rotational piece for an NBA team for a long time. Uh, so I do like Isaiah Roby and what he did in this game against his former team, who gave him the largest uh, signing bonus of a second-round pick ever in the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, of course, uh, got traded over here to Thunder, and the Thunder have let him play more than Dallas that he got hurt in Dallas and everything else. But this game also shows you that the veterans make the difference. They do. Derek Favors and the veterans made all the difference in the world tonight. And this time, it was not in a winning effort. You lost this game 95-86. to 86. And this is what your veterans gave you. Favors the good, six points, four rebounds, a block, 60% from the floor. Muscala goes 0 for 2. Kenny Hustle goes 4 for 11. If Muscala plays better, if Kenny Hustle plays better, even as you lose Lou Dort, even as you lose SGA, even as you lose these key pieces like Baisley and Trey Mann and JRE and rotational pieces there and your head coach and top assistant, even as you lose all those pieces and you're playing a team like the Mavericks who are a playoff team and we're a playoff team from the word go in, in terms of pre and projections in this season, you still could win this game without those pieces if your veterans played better. And so that's how they make the biggest difference in the world. They just do. And so tonight it didn't work out for the Thunder, but 
you're seeing if you remove them from the team or just simply remove their production from the team, the team can be competitive. The team can be scrappy and fun and spunky and good and do some things where you point out every night how talented they are individually, but collectively they can't quite get over that hump in an NBA game without the help of those veterans. That's why you have veterans on your team. It's why you, you fill the roster out with Muscala and favors and uh, Kenny hustle. Ty Jerome, nice night from him to spot start again, 12 points, two assists, three rebounds, two turnovers, two for six from three, 38% from the floor, a nice game, uh, especially considering he was kind of thrusted in that starting role again. Uh, I think that with this production off the bench, it would have been looked at even more fondly, but Ty Jerome did a good job uh, in this game. I had Mavs minus eight and a half. Moneyball pick for this game was Ty Jerome, and instead it was Josh Giddy who led the team in three-pointers made. He knocked down three triples on his way to that triple-double. That set the record, and that's why Josh Giddy is the MVP of this game for becoming the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double. Let me know what you think about Josh Giddy's future, the future of this Thunder team in general, and everything else Thunder-related on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles on Twitter at LOThunderPod, or even in the comment section below down on YouTube or wherever you're listening to podcasts at right now. Make sure you subscribe for free. It is totally free. Every show is free on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. This week on Tuesday, we're going to grade the season so far. Wednesday, we're going to have Draft Talk and Stock Watch. Thursday is our T-Wolves recap. Friday is going to be where we evaluate the tank. And Saturday is a number is another T-Wolves recap as they play again Friday. And then Monday is a Nuggets recap. So a full week here on Lockdown Thunder. Until then, be good and be good to one another.